Well, hello, Utility Fleet World. It's Kurt Borland with another special holiday edition of Under the UFP Hood. You know, I've always thought this podcast is not only for utility fleet managers, but truck fleet managers throughout the world. And uh, this is definitely going to be true with, with this edition. So we're going to start things off with a riddle. What does a photo at the lineman's rodeo, a runaway buffalo, and a fourth grade teacher all have in common? The answer is the new Bucky the Bucket Truck Saves the Day children's book. Yes, there is now a children's book that features the equipment in our utility construction industry. And I hope you're going to enjoy as we explore the backstory of how this all came about. I, I think you're going to find it very interesting. So hang in there with us and, and tune in. So things got rolling about a year ago. I was at the Lineman's Rodeo and uh, there were three boys playing with their toy trucks on the floor of our booth while we were talking to their parents about our our magazine utility fleet professional and it just kind of it was a great picture i took a of course got the parents permission took the picture we used it as a christmas card with the caption future utility fleet manager and uh, i i just kind of always wondered like if they if if the children of utility people really appreciate what their parents do the sacrifices that they make to keep the power on. And, you know, it's not just the power on these days. It's also the Internet. And I'm going to give an example of that. Uh, in my hometown, there was, there was a lightning strike on a utility pole, and the fire department was there. And uh, there was a lady running around, and uh, she was screaming at the policeman. I thought she, she was going to be arrested. And she was very upset. She kept screaming, what am I going to do now that the power's off? How am I going to get online? And that just shows you as a society how important the power is, not only to keep the lights and the power on, but also as a, as a country, we're pretty addicted to our internet. And so the only other book that I knew of it with my 30 years experience in this industry was one that was written by a grade school teacher in Wisconsin, and it was kind of written under the premise, why dad is not around for the holidays or important days, because he's out there, you know, putting the power on so other families can, can enjoy. So feeling that this tale needed to be told and relying on my uh, experience, I sat down one night when I couldn't sleep, and I basically wrote what I would describe more as a script than a children's book, but told from the equipment's perspective rather than from a person's perspective. It kind of keyed into all the different types of equipment. And I, and I got to say, this is the one thing that I'm really passionate about and that I love about our, our industry, is that while there's other fleets that are strictly cars, or certain types of vehicle. Ours is so versatile. We deal with everything from all-terrain vehicles that are as big as Sherman tanks down to small compact cars that are meter readers to EVs and everything in between. So I really tried to capture that in a book. So now that the, the concept of the book is that a storm, a hurricane hits the coast, knocks out the power, uh, spawns tornadoes, which they typically do. And then, of course, as the utilities do with their reciprocal agreements, 
Bucky, who's the, the lead bucket truck in the area, gets his friends, the other bucket trucks from across the country to come down to help. And of course, incorporates all of his different friends, which are the different types of equipment to restore the power. So now with that said, I'm looking around in my home office and I'm like, I have no artistic talent. Who am I going to get to illustrate this thing? And I look up at my office wall and I see the caricature of a buffalo. And I go, oh, that's done by local artist Nicole Campbell. And so I'd like to introduce Nicole to tell her side of the story. Nicole, what uh, what possessed you to um, to do this painting of this uh, runaway buffalo, Billy the Buffalo? <laughs> I don't know. It was more just like uh, I was on Facebook and I was enamored with the fact that there was a buffalo running up and down the streets of Cary. And I love animals and I love painting animals. And I just got into art. Um, I mean, I've been drawing my whole life, but got back into art about a year prior to this. I was practicing watercolor and I uh, was just thinking that morning, wouldn't it be funny if I painted this buffalo like Free Willy? You remember that movie back in the 90s where this giant whale was jumping over this boy and he's like escaping into freedom? And I was like, haha, Free Billy, because I think the town was calling him Billy the Buffalo or something like that. So I was like, Free Willy. I was like, I'm going to paint this buffalo just for funsies and put it on Facebook. And so I just sat at my kitchen table while my kids were eating one morning and like sketched it out and I painted it real quick and um, posted it on Facebook and everybody was like, I love it. I love it. And then Kurt, you messaged me and you're like, I want to buy this. Awesome. Okay, cool. So that's how I met you, Kurt. Met you at what parking lot do we meet at? Exchange Billy the Buffalo. <laughs> it was like one morning in Cary. And, uh, it was, it was at a local restaurant and yeah, the backstory on it was that they were trying to load this domesticated buffalo and and it escaped and it rolled free for probably, I don't know, Nicole, what was it like? Six? It was like weeks. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I was rooting for it to roam free, even though I felt bad for the owner at the same time. <laughs> but yeah. I don't think the owner wanted to claim it back. I think that's kind of why it ran free, but it was pretty smart. It, uh, it was kind of hanging out away from the road, uh, but far enough back in the woods that the trucks couldn't get to it because mm -hmm. uh, the land along the river is uh, pretty soggy, and they couldn't get a truck back there to capture it. So it uh, it rode free. Yeah, you were right. It, it was kind of like everybody was like, you know, you know, free Billy the Buffalo. Yeah, it was going on for a while. So uh, it, it blew up. I, I was shocked to see so many people like that um, painting. And I think the Chicago Tribune contacted me. I wanted to do a, a conversation on that and a piece on that. So it, it went pretty far and I didn't expect it to. It's just uh, just like your book. It's um, You have an idea, you should do it, and you just never know where it's going to take you. you know? that's, a, that's a fantastic thought. And yeah, that, that uh, Buffalo story, it did kind of capture the imagination of a uh, on news, news on the Chicago TV and everything like that. So, um, I what I did was I sent tear sheets from our magazine into the different equipment with about a paragraph description of kind of what I wanted it to look like, and sent it off in a package to you. And when you received this package and you started going through these magazine clippings, what were your uh, initial thoughts? I was like, thank God Kurt is organized and knows what he wants. 
Because initially I had no idea how I was going to do this or what I was going to receive from you. I think the hardest part about being an artist is trying to capture. Uh, if you don't get a lot of direction, it's daunting. You're like, oh, but you're like, you set everything out, exactly what each little page is going to say and descriptions of the characters and their names and pictures of all the vehicles. So I could take your pictures and idea and then Google. I Google is my best friend for those because I had no idea what a backhoe was or like. <laughs> I'll read you too. I learned so much in this process, but yeah, once I got your package, I felt better. Actually, it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I just sat down and I sketched out each page and ideas and it eventually came together. So it was a fun process. I enjoyed it. I, I, and backstory, I've never drawn vehicles. I've only done like animal sketches, landscapes, and the occasional house for somebody. So this was way outside of my realm, but I enjoyed it. It helped me grow. So thank you. Well, I should mention in the meantime, you moved from our Chicago suburban town to uh, frontiers of Alaska. I did. My podcast, I'm always looking for a good animal encounter story. So let's segue to that. Uh, now that you're up in Alaska, have you encountered uh, any interesting animals up there? Yes. <laughs> the, the animals up here can be scary because we have grizzly bears and black bears and moose. In my particular, where I live, we have moose all the time in our yard, like daily. I'll see them and they're huge. They're beautiful and they're funny. So one night, like a week ago, it was around eight o'clock and my son was downstairs getting a shower and I was cleaning up the kitchen. I just hear this boom near the front of the house. And I thought at first my son slipped in the tub. I was like, are you okay? He's like, I'm fine. What are you talking about? And I was like, you know what? I think a tree just fell on the house. Great. So I'm looking through the front window of my front door and there's a giant moose just right there. Thing is, my front door is up nine or 10 steps. It's a porch. It's not just like a flat patio area. This moose had climbed up there to get my pumpkins off my porch and eat them. And he was rolling them down the porch and smashing them at the bottom of the deck so i'm sitting there like looking through the window and taking photos i could not believe he figured out how to climb up the steps which kind of unlocked a new fear because i didn't think they could get up steps i thought you know i'm oh i'm safe up here you know i'm safe on my back porch i know it clearly if there's food they're motivated and they'll figure out how to get up there so um yeah that was a first um usually we see them out from a distance but no he was right there so now I, I double check when I before I let the dog out I kind of look around the corners to make sure there's nothing there um so Alaska's a little wild in that way the animals can actually hurt you so you got to kind of you know be aware of your surroundings when you're hiking or in the Walmart parking lot they like to hang out there too it's just madness <laughs> it sounds that sounds like a really interesting day and I'm really impressed by that story because I have seen uh wild moose in uh the wild in canada and it's almost like you see an animal on stilts they're amazing to see just to think that one lined up your up your steps that, that's... yeah he he managed his way up there and then i think the boom i heard was him falling back down or <laughs> slipping down the stairs he was hungry apparently willing to risk it <laughs> well i want to get back to the book real quick so what is your favorite page or pages of the book that you did you know i described that there's each page has a different bucky friend which is a different piece of equipment do you have a a, a favorite or a couple favorites i have a couple um my first one is the throne 
And the reason I like that page is because of the bald eagle. Again, Alaska, as soon as I saw that you wanted to put a bald eagle in there, I was like, yes, I can't wait. So I was excited to draw a bald eagle. And uh, so that was fun trying to figure out the perspective of how to get up above, you know, our drone and the nest where the bald eagle chicks were and the mother and try to include Bucky. So that was a fun one creatively to figure out. And then I like um, Alex, the all-terrain vehicle, because my husband's name's Alex. And um, my sons like him, too, because he's got, like, the military-type tracks on him, and he's just a cool-looking vehicle. So that was fun to draw. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that utilities are very conscious of birds of, of prey. Uh, many of them are endangered, and uh, I've covered a lot of um, speakers and also seen articles in our industry of how they really work around the nest. So I thought that was important for me to get that in the book. Yeah, I like that. I didn't. I didn't really think about that much either until um, you put that section in the book about the bald eagle. Very cool. Yeah. So I have to say, I got your drawings back, your illustrations, beautifully colored, and I started to uh, go through them, and I was like, "Wow, you you nailed it." I mean, there were only probably about three or four that I asked for revisions on. So we were definitely you were definitely on the same wavelength. Well, thank you, Kurt. Yeah, again, all your prep work leading up to it really made it easy for me to kind of get an idea of where you're headed with it in your vision. So it's helpful. Well, I've never written a children's book before, so who better to ask for help than for a fourth grade teacher? So fortunately, my daughter, Miss Moreland, is a fourth grade teacher, so I didn't have to go far to look for help. So uh, I asked her to look at the illustrations that Nicole had made to look at the, the script that I had written and kind of see how it went together. She was instrumental in, in kind of, oh, so enter Miss Moreland, fourth grade teacher. Welcome. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. I'm going to ask you the same questions. Have you ever worked on a children's book before? I have never worked on a children's book before, but I read them a lot with my students in fourth grade. Um, and when first reading over this book, it was really clear that they were really great elements for teachers to be able to talk about with their students. Um, as a teacher, we often cover topics like cause and effect, problem and solution, the lessons that stories teach. And I really think this book did a great job at covering a lot of those and really teaching students the theme of lesson of teamwork. Reading through this book just really shows that there's so much that children can learn about the line of utility business and be able to uh, learn new things. Yeah, I think you mentioned that you guys study natural disasters, weather, you probably think some survival, you know, books. So there, there's a lot that students can take out of, out of this. Yeah, we do a lot of projects on natural disasters, and that's a really big interest point for students. So that's a great area that students will be really intrigued into the book. Technology has become a really big interest as well. So I love pages that we talk about the drone, um, as Nicole had mentioned prior, um, and as well as mentioning the EV really interests students into that new technology that's coming forward in fixing our utility lines. Yeah, I mean, that was a major motivator in this book was just people appreciating what the utilities do and all the work that goes behind the scenes. So what was your favorite part of the book or what's your, what's your favorite page? 
I have two favorite pages. Uh, one of them is there's a Tommy the Tower Truck, which is 150 feet that a tower truck can reach up to, which is something new that I learned. Um, and I love the visual. Nicole did a wonderful job in this book with the illustrations, really making it visually appealing. And so that kids can learn. And it just really shows that range of height that that truck can go to in the picture. And so I think that uh, is something that was really unique about it and gave a really clear visual. And of course, I love the ending when Bucky the Bucket Truck helps the schools. Uh, students can connect to that. And it was really great as a teacher to read that the schools were included and students can connect to that piece that when the power goes out, that it's necessary for utilities and trucks to come and help fix that. So it gives a really great purpose behind and importance of fixing the electrical lines. Yeah, Nicole, I've been getting rave reviews on the illustrations from people. I just want you to know that that as I've been handing out some samples at trade shows and that, everybody loves the illustration. Oh, that makes me so happy to hear. Thank you. I even had it up on my board today and one of my students was like, wow, that was so cool. That page looks amazing. So oh. good. great credit to you, Nicole. They, oh, they love the illustrations. So. That's so good to hear. Thank you. Yeah, and at the end, I wanted to make Bucky the hero, but again, going back to the teamwork, I specifically put in there that, you know, Bucky and his friends were the heroes. And I I wanted to do, you know, I'm always intrigued by those stories where a hero gets the key to the city. But in this case, it's kind of hard to give a key to the city to the to a truck. Kind of wrestled with that for a while, but then kind of thought of the Olympics and a gold medal. So that's that's kind of how the the book ends. Another thing I wanted to get both your feedback on is our market is uh, predominantly male, but there's been quite a bit of um, promotion within our industry of um, females into fleet management and uh, even uh, line women uh, climbing the poles and, and, and doing repairs and construction. So for me, it was really important to give the equipment names uh, both female and male names and to really kind of empower the women and the young ladies uh, in our industry to think about a career in, in utility. I, um, I, I personally appreciate that as a female. Um, I think growing up, you think construction, utilities, things like that. It's just uh, a man's job. Um, but firsthand when uh, they were building a road here in Alaska, widening it, I was driving by one day and this woman was driving a huge caterpillar. And then there's more women driving other huge construction. I'm like, right on. That's right. Women can do stuff like that too. And so to see, you know, uh, women in utility as well, it's just amazing because there are so many talented women. And um, I think, of course, we could use them in these industries. Why not? So I'm so glad you put women and, you know, the mayor is a woman and the lead person for the utility company is a woman. So that, that's really cool to see. Yeah. And I have to add one other um, personal experience that went in the book. And Miss Moreland, I don't know if you remember this or not, but we actually had a tornado go through our town and, and right over the top of our house. And we were without power for a week. And people asked us what it was like. And uh, I said, well, we had to, you know, run uh, extension cords uh, across the road, through our house. Uh, we had to go to the lake to have uh, gray water. And I said, it was kind of like camping in your house. And so 
uh, as the hurricane goes through and they're they're kind of trying to wrestle with, you know, what what's it like after after a natural disaster? I tried to you know simplify it and boil it down for the children that you know if it weren't for the power and all, appreciating all of our modern day, we'd just be kind of camping in our houses. It's funny we we get that a lot up here in Alaska. We lose power a lot. <laughs> Because we have very high winds, very heavy snow, um, and power is super important to us because it's very cold. They get down to like negative 20, negative 30 in the winter where I live. So we heavily rely on electricity, um, natural gas, all of that. So if we have an earthquake or a natural disaster or a blizzard, um, a lot of us have backup heat sources, but a lot of us don't. So it's really important that we have these brave people out there that are willing to go out in the middle of a blizzard and fix the power lines and get them up as fast as possible because it's really a life or death situation for a lot of people here. Well said, Nicole. So now we had your great illustrations. We have it tailored for the children, but uh, you have to put those things together. So our Utility Fleet Professional Magazine is laid out uh, by a very talented lady no- named as Lorraine Vogel. And uh, I went to Lorraine and I said, Lorraine, I'm, I'm in a bind uh, I need to get this done. And she goes, Kurt, I'm just, I'm so busy. She said, but I do, I just had my first grandchild and I really would kind of like to have them have this book. So she said, I'll work with you on it over the weekends. So we had a lot of emailing back and forth. I think Nicole, you were in on probably some of those. And I located a book printer, specifically a book printer. One of the things I found out is you can't go to your you can't necessarily go to your local printer and expect them to print a book for you. Uh, fortunately, I dabbled in that industry. So I went to one and Lorraine was instrumental in being the ambassador between the book and the printing company. And lo and behold, we got it printed and ready to hand out for the busy fall trade show season. But you know, one last note for me is just that I thought doing a children's book would be easy, right? But when you start thinking about the librarians and the teachers that are going to be looking at this under a microscope, it's pretty intimidating. And there was dozens and dozens of proofing that that went on to to kind of kind of get it right. So um, another thing that I came across is uh, people have told me that they've had ideas for a children's book where they wrote a children's book but just hadn't gotten around to doing it. And I would say to anybody out there, you know, uh, I encourage you to self-publish your own book. Go ahead and fulfill that dream. It's a great experience. We are retailing these, or I should say I'm retailing these for $20 a piece since it is a specialty book in a niche market. But for those who are listening to the podcast, we've got a special holiday offer. You can purchase one for $15. That's the wholesale price. All you have to do is email to Moreland, M-O-R-E-L-A-N-D, media, M-E-D-I-A, Inc., I-N-C, at gmail.com. And uh, we will figure out a way to get you a book and uh, receive a payment. It'll make a great uh, holiday gift or donate one to your local school or children's hospital. So one last shout out for our special holiday podcast here at the end of the year to our sponsor, Tallman Equipment. They've probably supported and supplied the electric utility industry since 1952. 
From sales and rentals to rubber goods and fiberglass testing, let Tommen be your one-stop shop for alignment tools and services this holiday season and into 2024. Happy holidays and may your Christmas season be merry and bright from Tallman. And also, I would like to thank my guests, Nicole and Miss Moreland. Thank you for being on the podcast. And just reminding everybody to roll safe out there. And again, happy holidays and a healthy, successful 2024. The views, information, and opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of utility business media and its employees. It is strongly recommended that you discuss any actions or policy changes with your company management prior to the